Now, we want to take this opportunity, the dawning of a new lunar year, to invite some foreign dignitaries onto our show to hear a bit more about their first Solal holiday in this country, but also about their jobs, uh, their country's relationships with the culture that is uh, certainly representative of South Korea. We can introduce, first of all today, the Belgian ambassador to South Korea, His Excellency Peter Lescouillet. I hope I pronounced that okay. Yes, that's fine. Good morning to you. Thank you for coming in. Good morning and thank you for having me uh, on your show. It's, um, I used to uh, listen to EFM uh, quite a lot uh, in the car when I went to work, uh, when I just started uh, working here, but then I got tired of the traffic jams and I switched to public transport so I don't listen to EFM uh, that much anymore. Well, thank you for the honest appraisal and I'm glad that we were able to provide some service to you. I might remind you that you can still tune in via your mobile phone but um, (laughs) but let's uh, save the adverts for another time. Now, as far as your job is concerned, as you've just hinted, you've been here a little over six months. What has been your main focus during that period? Well, the main focus uh, of uh, Belgian embassies in uh, the Far East is the economic diplomacy, of course. But uh, in my case, I have a particular task that has been added with and has uh, occupied most of my time in the last six months I've been here. Namely, we'll have a state visit uh, at the invitation of President Moon. The king and the queen will come in the end of, by the end of March uh, to Korea. And so we are very busy preparing the visiting programs for the king and for the queen and for all those that are accompanying the delegation because the uh, heads of government of the regional governments will uh, participate as well, will accompany the king as well as a a deputy prime minister. We'll have about uh, uh, 85 CEOs of companies. We'll have the rectors of all the major universities. So it will be a huge group and there's a lot to prepare. Very exciting. Mm. And you only have to say royal visit. It brings images, uh, timeless images. It is and it's a historic event because it doesn't happen that often. The a last uh, a royal visit was in 1992. So uh, it's, uh, it's certainly something to look forward to. Yeah, a new generation gets to experience mm. this. Um, but uh, we go much further back to look at South Korea and Belgium's relationship to 1901. And since then, we have seen one of the most tumultuous centuries in world history, but of course, particularly for, for this peninsula. How has the relationship developed over that period? Yes, in, indeed, uh, we have uh, a very long uh, relationship already. As you mentioned, nineteen uh, one. We, of course, when the Japanese came and, and occupied uh, Korea, all the uh, foreign leg- uh, legations had to go, including uh, Belgium. But we resumed uh, our diplomatic relations in nineteen forty-eight. Not directly with an embassy, though. We had a, a non-resident ambassador in Tokyo who was also accredited to Korea. Mm-hmm. And we opened our embassy in 1970. But before that, uh, I should certainly mention our contribution to the Korean War. We had uh, um 
quite a number of uh, Belgian volunteers for uh, under the UN flag for the Korean War, and 101 uh, soldiers even lost their lives for uh, the, the freedom of South Korea. It's uh, still very much appreciated by uh, Korean side. It's mentioned every time we have a high-level uh, meeting. And we had uh, an opportunity to uh, show a second time that we were... Uh, uh, real friends of uh, the Republic of Korea during the economic crisis in the 90s. So we have supported also through the EMF uh, Korea and immediately after the crisis we set up also a huge economic mission showing our faith in the future of the Korean economy, something that has been much appreciated by uh, the Korean side as well. So we are uh, very good friends. And nice to hear. But as you said before, one of the major focuses today is the economy. The thing is, Belgium is not just an entity on its own in dealing with Korea. It's part of this European Union bloc that we hear so much about these days, um, but has uh, persisted for some time. And and what does that mean for you? Because, you know, on the one hand, you're obviously trying to promote Belgian products and maybe to help facilitate Korean interest in Belgium the other way, but uh, do, do you feel that perhaps you also have to do that with consideration of the whole of Europe? How much has the EU come into your mind when you're having those conversations? Oh, very much so. Uh, I would say the European Union is in the DNA of, of Belgium, certainly of a Belgian foreign policy. Also, uh, as you know, starting beginning this year, we are a non-permanent member of the Security Council. We are there together with uh, uh, for other EU countries, that's at least until the Brexit, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> see. So we try to also add a European domen- dimension to everything we do in our foreign, uh, foreign policy. And it's also very necessary, of course, if we talk econ- economy and trade, that uh, trade policy is uh, the competence is in the hands of the European Commission. So it's uh, necessary that the uh, EU member states work, work closely together. And uh, so uh, we do that not only in, in the field of trade, we do that also in, in, in the field of uh, uh, scientific and technological cooperation and field of education. So wherever the EU delegation here sets up initiatives uh, reaches out uh, towards the Korean people. They ask assistance from the European member states, including Belgium, and always uh, try to do whatever we can to foster these relations. Because as an individual member country, we are a small country, uh, we don't mean that much. We don't have that much weight uh, globally in the world. Mm-hmm. Certainly not in a country like the Republic of Korea or at the two ends of the Euro-Asian continent, I would say. So we are friends, but maybe perhaps not very close friends, but we are listened to uh, when we are part of a larger group. And the larger group, by excellence for us, by excellence for us is the European Union, of course. But, of course, Belgium has a tremendous amount of soft power. We know, I think that Belgium is famous for certain food products and we see Belgian chocolate, Belgian waffles being advertised quite regularly. Even mm. people don't know much about Belgium as a country will probably have come across the word Belgian attached to some of their favourite snacks. Um, but also, of course, with the EU having such an important base in Brussels, how important is it that uh, that the European Union maintains its strength regardless of that other B word, Brexit, <laughs> which has been such a source of confusion in recent months? Um, we will not 
we don't know where Brexit is heading for. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, one of the scenario might be that they uh, would like to postpone uh, a little bit the Brexit, which is now scheduled for the 29th of March. We'll see if that will happen uh, or, or not. It will be uh, a loss for the European Union, but also for the UK, maybe first of all for the UK. For Belgium, it's uh, also, um, uh, of course, not pleasant news. Uh, our government is preparing an, an emergency law in the case of uh, a hard Brexit. So when uh, the UK would simply be... Uh, a third country uh, without any agreement with the EU at all, that would uh, mean, for instance, additional customs duties to the amount of 1.6 billion euro for uh, Belgian companies. It will mean huge uh, traffic jams of truck drivers at our major ports if they, uh, when, when they go on uh, to, the, to the UK and, and in the other um, direction. So it will bring... Uh, it will. We will need uh, hundreds of additional custom officers as well. Uh, so it will uh, mean a lot of uh, preparation, and I'm not sure, especially small companies, that they are sufficiently prepared for that. Is there a possibility of the EU self-reflecting now, though, and bouncing back stronger, and uh, actually sort of using this crisis as an opportunity to redefine itself? to some extent, on the world stage? The EU has a tradition of using uh, crisis as opportunities. We have seen that uh, in, in the future as well. But that being uh, said, I think the net outcome of uh, Brexit would still be a loss uh, for and for the, EU, uh, for the EU and for the UK. Uh, the UK is a, a very a good partner and... Uh, has uh, a lot of uh, reaches out to, to a lot of countries, had a lo has a lot of knowledge of countries also in Asia here. So for Asia policy, they are really making uh, an outstanding uh, contribution to uh, the formulation of the EU-Asia policy. So mm. we, will, we will miss them if they are no longer there. If that would lead to easier consensus building when the EU gets out, I'm not really convinced of this uh, because uh, there are quite a number of tensions within the EU among other member states as well. And so uh, making decisions by unanim unanim unanimity uh, will remain uh, a challenge, will remain uh, difficult, whether the UK is uh, in uh, the European Union or not. Let's lighten the mood a little bit here mm. uh, and come back to some of those snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it must help your job, doesn't it? When I mean, you could hold a reception and say to people, right, we're going to be serving Belgian beer and uh, we're going to be serving uh, chocolates for dessert or something like that. And automatically people are going to be interested in attending. <laughs> sure, no, no Belgian reception is com complete without Belgian chocolate and, and Belgian beer, of course. I always uh, have... Uh, uh, a lot of people uh, on uh, my national day re reception, uh, so there's no problem at all. But I would say Belgian is, of course, about more uh, simple, uh, uh, simply than than simply chocolate and beer. It's we like good food. We like to eat well. Uh, 
So, uh, some would say life is not necessarily about more than those things, but don't do them too much element. disservice. <laughs> food, is, food is an important, uh, in our, uh, an important element. We have, uh, I, I think we are still the, the country with the most Michelin stars per capita in the world. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, recently in uh, a Korean telev- television sh- uh, show a competition among cooks, and I was not surprised that the Belgian cook has uh, won it. Uh, and and so uh, yes, uh, it's um, this uh, food diamonds also are uh, something that uh, are an at- attractive element to. Uh, sell Belgium uh, mm-hmm. abroad. Uh, Antwerp is known as the diamond center of of the world. Uh, so, uh, uh, so we have uh, a few things that. Well, I, I should mention uh, f- uh, soccer as well, football as well. With the World Cup, uh, we did not bet at all at uh, at the World yeah. Cup. So we amazing uh, team. We have been uh, uh, known as a, so. We, we have a few things where we get some visibility uh, uh, also in. Uh, in a country like the Republic well, of Korea. I mean, those guys like Kevin De Bruyne and mm. Romelu Lukaku and Eden Hazard is such a talented mm. generation of Belgian mm. footballers right now. I, I wanted to take this opportunity as well to kind of remove some misconceptions, though. We often hear of French fries, for example, when mm. actually Belgium is very famous for its fries and perhaps sometimes people overlook Belgium's role in producing amazing chips, as I would call them. Mm. Also, there, there, there may be other areas of, of culture that that you find get mistaken for other countries. Like, for example, Tintin is not <laughs> French, is he? He's Tintin Belgian. is not French, he's Belgian, yes, uh, indeed. Uh, we uh, are celebrating this year the 19th anniversary of Tintin. Tintin was born in 1929 uh, by uh, Hergé. There's currently uh, going an an, exp- uh, an exposition going on on Tintin here in in uh, in Seoul as well, and and I heard that it's very uh, very popular. A lot of people uh, go to see it. There is uh, those uh, little uh, blue uh, men uh, called the Strumps, the Strumps. Smurfs? Uh, Smurfs, yes, the Smurfs. Are they Belgian? Uh, they are Belgian as well. Wow, Spero, I, see, uh, la- I had no idea. L- last year they. Uh, uh, we celebrated the six, their 60th anniversary uh, as well, and so they f- figured also at m- my uh, uh, National Day uh, reception. Uh, this year we have Tintin. We have other famous comic figures as well. One comic fiz- uh, figure has now be, been uh, chosen by the Commissioner for Human Rights f- to uh, promote uh, anniversary of the Human Rights uh, Declaration. We are very proud uh, about our uh, comic book culture. And uh, if you walk around in Brussels, you will see in the, on the walls of many houses uh, pictures out of, of, uh, of comic, bo- uh, comic books. We have several interesting musea on uh, uh, comic books. And there is hardly any major town in uh, Belgium who doesn't have a bookshop devoted exclusively to comic books. You know, this all adds up, as I suggested before, to some pretty serious soft power. It at least, as an ambassador, gives you the opportunity to have some interesting conversations, uh, gateways into interesting conversations particularly. What is the explanation? How has Belgium managed to punch above its weight among all the European rivals to to be so famous for 
these particular products that we've just listed, as well as a few others that we haven't? Oh, that's uh, um, a difficult question. I think we uh, actually we have uh, quite a, f- a few uh, a few things that uh, are world class, and we are not that good in selling them. There are other countries, uh, our neighboring countries, who are much better in marketing than we are. But I think it's the quality of what we have to offer that uh, sells itself. Uh, and um, so, well, part of it is tradition, uh, of course, uh, like uh, uh, the breweries. Uh, part of it is also high technology uh, advances uh, in, uh, in, our, in our products. I, I don't think there is much more to that. I think the products and the things we, we have to offer speak for themselves. And mm. that's also why uh, we see a growing number of Korean tourists to Belgium going to experience on the spot the, the Belgian feeling, the Belgian way of living. And uh, they will ho- also have an, an opportunity at the end of the state visit, at the, at the end of March, because we will add a Belgian week to that, uh, where uh, they, uh, where there will be, al- of course, also food, but also a lot of cultural activities uh, where they will be able to experience uh, Belgium here in Seoul. Does it really help as well to have um, some of the other cultural aspects of soft power? For example, there have been movies like In Bruges, which have, I know led many British people I'm familiar with to go and check out Belgium. Um, but uh, also, we, you know, you, you come across characters in fiction like Agatha Christie's Poirot, who's from Belgium. And, and you know, just having all these references, they all add up to actually gaining real tourism traction. Because I'm wondering what South Korea is learning from that. We, we've seen a huge rise in popularity through the use of culture like music and, and movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, indeed, yeah. Uh, uh, South Korea is doing very well. Huh? The Hallyu, uh, K-pop is popular everywhere in Belgium in, in Belgium as well. So uh, I don't think they have uh, a lot to learn from Belgium in the way of, of promoting uh, the products and, and the services that they are strong in, the culture uh, and they, are, uh, they are strong in. Well, definitely there are... I mean, again, you're being modest because I, in my view... Uh, <laughs> There are clearly some big lessons to learn mm. from Belgium uh, because of what we're talking about today, all the, these success stories. And, and coming full circle to where we, we started when we were referring to your challenge uh, for this next few months ahead, how much of a springboard did you get from President Moon Jae-in's visit to Belgium, which he presumably enjoyed very much? Yeah, uh, indeed. Well, uh the most important result, of course, he was uh, uh, seated at the same uh, table as uh, His Majesty uh, King of Belgium in uh, just before the ASEM uh, summit. And uh, at that occasion, he has invited the king and the queen for a state visit uh, to uh, Korea uh, at, the, at the end of March. Uh, for us, that was the most important result, of course. Uh, that's what we, we are working on. There was not any other bilateral meeting at this occasion, but uh, uh, President Moon is coming uh, quite regularly, and other presidents before him, going quite regularly to Brussels. In that way, we are spoiled, of course, Brussels being the capital of the EU, everybody is coming there, and sometimes 
There's also for, uh, uh, time in their busy schedule to have bilateral, um, bilateral meetings uh, as well. Up till now, it has been working visits, so we, we didn't have any state visit from uh, President Moon uh, yet, uh, but uh, we hope that uh, that will come uh, uh, as well. It's, um, we hope uh, also that the interest uh, in Belgium will be growing not only within the Korean government circles, but also within the business circles. And uh, we, in 2017, we had a, a big economic mission here, presided by uh, uh, Princess Astrid. And we hope that uh, in the future we also see uh, big Korean business delegations coming to Belgium and see what we have to offer and where we can cooperate. It will be a very, uh, a very nice thing, of course, for uh, an. Uh, an ambassador to uh, to witness from royalty to economics to uh, chocolate and waffles we've uh, had the opportunity to touch on a whole range of areas thank you so much for joining us today it's been fantastic having you in the studio thank you very much for receiving me We've all had the pleasure of listening there to Belgian ambassador to Korea, His Excellency Peter Lescouhier.